We clap because the word says to clap. We sing, we dance, we do all that because the word says to do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the word of God. Amen. If I could just read the scripture, Psalm chapter 19, verse number seven, it says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, makes wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. And in keeping them, there is great reward. <laughs> there is great reward. We're going to finish this up. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and shall be innocent of the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Praise God. Come on, do you want your the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart to just be acceptable. Come on, let's just declare that right now. Father, I thank you. Lord, let every word that comes out of my mouth be acceptable to you. Lord, let my heart be acceptable. Jesus, cleanse me, Lord, of any secret faults. God, anything in me that I'm harboring or holding on to, Lord, that's not okay, that's not pleasing to you, I let it go, Lord. Expose it, Lord. Reveal it, Lord, that we might be clean, that we might be innocent, Lord, in your sight. God, that we might be innocent of the great transgression. Lord, we want to be free from iniquity. We want to be right in your sight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your statutes, your commandments, your law. We thank you for the fear, O oh God, of you. Lord, settle it in our hearts today. We just want to keep your word, O oh God. There is great reward, oh God. I thank you for your people today. Thank you, Jesus, for your servants. Praise God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Anybody love the Lord? You just, you just love him. Just, he's so good. He's so good. He's so good. Amen. Sometimes you just kind of get lost in his presence and you're just, you're just kind of off nowhere just thinking about him. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I'm thankful for a place like this where we can come and you can just, just do what you need to do. Be in the presence of the Lord, however, however that is. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Um, our, uh, Bishop, Bishop Vona and Sister Vona, they're uh, traveling. They're out in Buffalo uh, at, for the uh, dedication of their newest grandson, uh, Brother Sawyer. And so he is getting dedicated today. And so um, we're thankful for them and all that the Lord is doing in their family. Um, last week, I was um, down in Maryland, in actually Washington, D.C., and uh, my father, uh, who passed away about a year and a half ago, um, 
they, uh, because of his military service, uh, he got, uh, was getting buried at Arlington Cemetery. And so the process for that, it just takes a while for them to uh, get that in because it's, it's a very high honor. And so uh, we were at, at the service, and uh, it was on last Monday. And uh, it was just really fascinating. I mean, it was just amazing um, the honor that they gave him. And, um, and pretty much it's kind of like the highest honor. And they had horses out there that were carrying uh, the casket. And um, they had soldiers. And they gave him a 21-gun salute. And they had the guy playing the bugle. And it was just just so much. And they were saluting him and just just everything. Just And it was, it was wonderful. It was done with excellence. And uh, it was just amazing. And something just kind of quickened in my spirit that, and they said it, they said we're, they're honoring him for his service, his service in the military. And so they were giving him honor and they were thanking the family and stuff. Uh, but something just came to my mind and I read the scripture at the service where Paul just says, uh, I fought the fight. I, I, I've kept the faith and I finished my course. Uh, and he says, therefore, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, you know, and he says, and it's not for me only, but it's for all those that love his appearing. And I just think about that, that they were, you know, obviously in the military, they were honoring him for his service and just pretty much saying, well done. And it was a great service. But when Jesus honors us and he says, well done, I'll take that over anything in the world. At the end of all this, when that day comes and I meet him and we hear him say, well done. You can, you, can, you can take anything else. That's all I want. That's all we want. Amen. Just to hear him say, well done. And um, so whatever's going on in your life, wherever you're at, uh, if you can hear the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you can hear him, because I, I believe you don't have to wait until, until then. You can hear him even now in the midst of your storm saying, well done, well done. You're maintaining your integrity with God. He's well done. Things aren't working out the way you thought, but you're holding fast to him. Good job. Well done. Praise God. So I just want to encourage you in Jesus name. He's, he's looking and there's a reward. There's a great reward. Amen. So it's good to be back, back here with you all. Um, we had uh, Sister Mary Lou requested prayer for her sister, Linda. Uh, she had a heart attack, and so we want to pray for her. Uh, and then also, um, Sister Julie. Sister Julie has been... <laughs> Somebody's phone going off. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> it's happened to, to all of us. It's all right. <laughs> um, but... Um, Sister Julie has been uh, just dealing with uh, some sickness in her body. And, uh, and so we want to pray for her. We want to pray um, for God's deliverance in that situation for her. Amen. And so I just felt um, for, from the Lord that Sister Amelia, she's going to lead us in prayer. And uh, we're just going to join together as she prays uh, for Sister Julie and Sister Linda. Jesus, let's pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just lift up our sister, Lord God. We just lift up Sister Julie. 
your daughter, Lord God. We lift her up to you in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we ask that you just touch her, Lord God, from the top of her head to the sole of her feet, Lord God. Send your healing virtue to flow through her body, Lord God. Healing her, Lord God, of everything that's not in accordance of your will, Lord God. Satan, we command you to take your hands off of her right now in the name of Jesus. You have no authority to touch her. You will release her right now in the name of Jesus. We speak to whatever is causing that pain and we cause it to loose her right now in the name of Jesus. We cause that blockage to be freed right now for everything to flow freely in her stomach right now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we thank you Lord God for you are her great physician Lord God hallelujah hallelujah nothing is impossible for you Lord God we lift up sister Mary Lou sister-in-law Lord God we speak healing to her right now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for you are a great physician. Nothing is too hard for you, Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Whatever is going on, Lord God, with her, we ask, Lord God, that you just move the doctor's hands, Lord God. Cause them to find out exactly what's going on, Lord God. And fix it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Your will be done in their lives, Lord God. Your will be done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Work a miracle in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, one more time. Let's clap our hands. Let's shout unto God. Come on, he's a miracle worker. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. There's power in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that we pray with faith, believing we shall have what we ask. We pray in his name according to his will. It's done. We have confidence that he's a healer. We're not just doing this, just not ritual, but it's, it's real. Praise God. Amen. Um, Thursday, I just want to make everybody aware, Thursdays, uh, we've, we've started uh, a series. We're going through the book of Romans, uh, verse by verse. So if you're able to come for our Thursday night Bible study, we're doing that in different locations because we're just preparing for what the Lord is is doing and growth and we can't fit um, 300 and well 400,000 people in here so we're gonna have to make multiple places that people can come because it's the will of God that all all 400,000 in this re in this county be saved and I'm believing God for it believing God for it believing God for it there's no reason not to so um, so we're doing that so Thursdays we're just going to the book of Romans and studying that so join us there's bible studies that are going on throughout the week throughout the day according to your schedule so just participate in what the lord is doing amen praise god is there any other thing i needed to announce we're good okay praise god um obviously we're, we're keeping aware um up to date on new regulations that are coming out 
as far as COVID and stuff like that and um, just whatever um, stipulations are coming out. We just we just want to uh, be sensitive and, and we're just trusting the Lord. Amen. We're trusting the Lord. Um, we honor our governor. We honor our leaders, our president. We honor whoever that is. We're going to honor them and respect authority. Uh, but we know there's a king. We know there's a king that's the king of all kings. So we're good. We're good. Amen. Praise the Lord. So uh, Brother Gene is going to come at this time. And uh, the Lord has spoken to him a word. Amen. So let's give Brother Gene a hand as he comes and shares with us the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise God. If we could stand to our feet. Go to Genesis 15, verse 1, and then we're going to jump to Matthew 11. And today we're going to talk about reaching the ultimate achievement. I believe the Lord spoke to me. Reaching the ultimate achievement. Genesis 15 and 1. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, for I am thy shield, thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And then he continues to go on to tell him about the promise. And then we're going to jump to Matthew 11. And 28, and I'll just read it real quick because of time. Jesus speaking, saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Say that, learn of me. Or to learn of Jesus Christ. And he says, For I am meek and lowly in heart. Now, this is important. Because we have so many ideas of, like, we have so many sources of people who tell us what Jesus is and how he is. And, but Jesus speaking himself saying, I am meek, I am humble, and I am lowly in heart. And then he goes on to say, shall find, you shall find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. So let's pray. I was reading this book by uh, C.S. Lewis this week, and he made this statement. He said that it's impossible for, for people to have, a, the word he used was naked mind. And pretty much what he was saying, it's, it's hard for people to come to something without a preconceived notion or their own opinions and all of that thing. So I just want to pray that whether you've been in the church or whether you're just your first time coming to church, that you would just just kind of just empty your mind of what you know and just allow the word of the Lord to be spoken to you. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we love you. God, I thank you for what you've done already. I thank you for what you are doing, and I thank you for what you're going to speak. Lord, I pray that you would anoint my lips, Lord God, to speak words of edification, Lord, that your point will be across, Lord. God, that the saints will be edified, Lord God, and we would leave with the burden to know you, to understand you, to see you, Lord God. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we empty ourselves right now of all preconceived notions, Lord God, in our own opinions, Lord Jesus. Do a work in us, Lord God. Do a work in us, Lord. And I speak these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. One more scripture. You guys can have a seat. Genesis 3 and 8. It says, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the gardens of the trees. The scripture says they heard the voice of God walking in the cool of the day. So my topic, reaching the ultimate goal. So last Sunday, I was laying in the bed. It was like like 1030 at night and the Lord began to speak this to me. And, and, and I, I'll say I try to be reverence and I try to respect, but I'm like, God, listen, I got to get up in three hours. Like, can this wait? <laughs> so, but he's still speaking. Amen. So <laughs> I'm like, God, I'm tired. I'm tired. You know, like tomorrow morning will be perfect. But anyways, so my question to you guys is what do you guys think is the ultimate achievement living for God? Some might say to be spiritual, right? You know, you hear about people who, you know, they could read your mail and they can do all these cool things and they can see into the spirit. And then there's some people that might say, you know, it's receiving blessings from God. You know, you name it, you claim it. God, give me a new car, give me a Lexus and all of these things. And there's so many things that we consider being the ultimate achievement. And some people might even say heaven is the ultimate achievement. And Pastor Deez, you preached it like, like heaven is eternal life, but we can have that today. And I believe that's the will of God. But, and this isn't deep, but the Lord spoke to me that the ultimate achievement in living for him is fellowship with him. Being close to Jesus Christ is the ultimate achievement, right? So that's out the way. Now, talking about reaching the ultimate achievement. The Lord was speaking to me and he told me that in order to reach that, in order to reach fellowship with God, it comes through prayer. But he was speaking to me that nowadays our concept of prayer is so skewed, right? The the analogy that he gave me in my mind is that we view prayer as Walmart, right? So you say to somebody, hey, have you prayed today? And they're like, well, I don't need anything, so I, I didn't pray, you know? Like, prayer is not supposed to be a place where we just go to God with a checklist and say, God, give me this, give me that, heal that, touch that, deliver that, take care of this, and then we'll say, okay, God, now do it and just walk away. But the Lord speaking to me, he, he, he brought me to the, this book in Genesis when he, and he was like, what do you think Adam's prayers were like in the garden? Before the fall, Adam's prayers in the garden were not prayers of need. So imagine praying prayers where you're not requesting things or you're not speaking things and you're just sitting at the feet of Christ and you're just learning of him. You're receiving from him. And this is the reaching part that we have to get down pat. And I was thinking about this. I'm like, okay, God, well, I don't want to sound 
blasphemous to our culture. You know what I'm saying? Because nowadays there's we have needs, right? We like it's the will of God that everybody be saved. And it's the will of God that Sister Julie be healed. It's the will of God that all these things that we pray for happen. But he's but he but he really spoke to me and I lost my train of thought. But he just really spoke to me and he said that. So we live our lives, right? We live our lives. You know, the Bible says um, 80 years, and if it be the Lord's will, 90 years, right? So after that time, is there still going to be people that need to be saved? Is there still going to be people that need to be healed, touched, and delivered, and all these things? But what, what God is really asking for us is for us to just sit in his presence and be still and be in fellowship with him. And everything that we want, desire, need, it'll just, it'll just come, right? So here we have... Here we have in Genesis 8, right? It says that it says that they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the cool of the day. Now, if there's one thing that's missing from our society, and even in church culture, is the voice of God, right? So the voice of God in this scripture, it wasn't the first time that Adam heard it. The Bible doesn't give an exact time length of when the fall happened, but I could imagine that this voice walking in the cool of the day wasn't something new it was something that adam always knew he could identify right but the problem is is once sin entered in the voice that was supposed to be my source of joy that was supposed to be my source of peace i now actually dread i can't oh you know and i was thinking about this too no matter how so god presents himself to him and he says adam where are you right so I think about, I thought about like every time in my life when I, I did something I wasn't supposed to and my mother came to me and she's like, hey, what are you doing, you know? I believe that no matter how God said this, Adam would have interpreted in the wrong way because you know how we interpret the tone. And the Lord kind of spoke to me and he said, that's how we interpret scriptures, right? The Bible says that God is a God of love, but for some reason we have this distorted view because of the sin that we have in our lives. Whereas I'm not reading the scripture out of love, but I'm reading the scripture out of I've done wrong and he's a good God. Therefore, he's going to condemn me. So what the Lord first wants to establish is that we know for sure that he loves us and he is seeking us because when this happened he could have easily just get out of here i'll make a new adam you know what i'm saying but he didn't but he didn't so he could restore fellowship in us amen amen so the scripture that um i read in genesis let's go to genesis or actually yeah, we're in genesis genesis 15 and 1 right? So just talking about garden prayers again, too, right? So, and, and, and like when the Lord speaks to me, a lot of questions go in my mind. So I'm like, okay, Lord, so what about this? And what about that? But the reason that the Lord's voice was walking in the cool of the day is that like, essentially that voice was supposed to be the only source of information right but what the Lord does is because he's merciful and he loves us he provides other sources there was a serpent 
and there was a tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? So what that means is that the Lord just gives us an option, right? And unfortunately, a lot of people are going to the wrong sources and they're not going to the Lord for these things because Eve went to the serpent, right? And then the serpent went to the tree. And this is why our views on God are so distorted because we're not reaching this ultimate goal. We're not in fellowship with him per se. And it's really a hindrance. So one of the things that, you know, just kind of going back to the Walmart thing is the Lord brought me to this, this um, verse in Genesis, right? So the Lord, like I said, the Lord is supposed to be our source of information. We're supposed to know good and evil through him and by him and through his word and all these things, right? But unfortunately, when we go to prayer, our prayers are, like I was saying earlier, our prayers are, hey, God, give me, give me, give me, Right? So in Genesis 15 and 1, it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield, thy exceeding great reward. Now, if you read this and you understand this, right, this is a moment of revelation. This is such a great moment. So God comes to Abraham and he says, Abraham, listen, you don't have to be scared because I am your shield. I'm your protector. I'm your joy. I'm all these things to you, Abraham. Now, I believe that this verse was actually supposed to be a chapter because God finally found a man who he could have fellowship and communion with and talk to and reveal himself to. So he just wanted to just pour into him. He wanted to have this time of fellowship. But you know what Abraham did? He, do, he did what me and you do. Verse 2, it says, And Abraham said, Lord, God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is the only steward of my house is Eliezer of Damascus, right? So God looking to impart, God looking to fellowship is coming to this man and ready to just speak everything, speak the mysteries, that the things that we, we question and the things that are hidden. And Abraham points to the blessing. Abraham's like, God, you were supposed to give me. How come I don't have? I don't have a child. And I believe this is relevant for us today because God's looking to speak. Our identity comes from him. Our source of life comes from him. And he's looking to pour into us. But if our minds are focused on what we can get from him, we miss so much. That's why the ultimate achievement is not ministry. It's not me up here preaching. Me and Pastor Dees were talking before church today. And, like, a lot of people think this is like, man, I get to preach to a crowd full of people. We get brown envelopes. Mm, he's the man. But I'm telling you, the greatest thing, the greatest thing, the height of ministry is when I'm at home and I'm sitting in that prayer closet and the Lord is speaking to me and he's pouring into me. And that is the greatest moment 
forever. And this is what the Lord is seeking from us, is for us to just stop the distractions, for us to just empty ourselves and just come to him as little kids, saying, God, I don't want anything. And I know you promised me things. I know I'm in pain and I know my body needs to be healed. But right now, my greatest need is just to be with you, just to connect with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, and, it, and, and, and you know what? It's not our fault. It's not our fault because our culture is like, you got to have, you got to be. And that same spirit has crept into the church. You got to have, you got to be, you got you to gotta have a title. You got to do this. You got, no, 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 no. I got to be with Jesus. I got to learn from Jesus. I got to hear from Jesus. I need Jesus to pour into me. I need Jesus to give me the desires of my heart, not give me the desires that I want, but the desires that he has for me. I want him to impart it to me so I can then go on and live the life that he wants me to live. Amen. Amen. I know this isn't like whatever. This isn't hip and you guys aren't frothing at the mouth. But this is like, this is really the greatest thing, man. This is the greatest thing. Because if we go back to the garden, right, there was no Judaism. There was no Christianity. It was just God and man. And that's what God desires. It's just me and him. You know, no rules, no regulations, but just him fellowshipping with me. And I just think that's so awesome. I just think that's so awesome. Amen. Let's go to let's go to Matthew real quick. Let's go to Matthew real quick. And I'm not going to be long. My wife joked with me. She's like, you don't preach long enough. I'm like, hey, I get in, I get out. (laughs) You guys get the point. (laughs) Amen. I love her. I love her so much. I do. I do. I love my wife. I love my wife. You know, she's my Eve, you know. Amen. So. Amen. All right. So the ultimate achievement, the ultimate achievement, I believe that, you know, the Lord is speaking this to us so that all of these burdens, all these barriers that we have on ourselves, they can just be taken away, you know, because the love of God is reaching for us so much. He's looking to just fellowship with with his people. You know, for somebody to to die for somebody is is such an awesome thing. Amen. So talking about it. Okay. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus spoke, come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Right. So 2020, our interpretation of that is come to church, all ye that are heavy, that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, I don't want anybody to take me the wrong way. But I just think that this kind of fellowship that the Lord is seeking is a daily thing, is a daily thing. I was reading this book about this guy. He was a martyr and um, he was he was he was being interviewed by another guy. And the guy told him something. The the writer told him something and it kind of left him in awe. So while he's sitting there in awe, he hears the guy talking and the guy was and the guy after he checked out of being in awe, he's like, I'm sorry, what'd you say? He said, No, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to Jesus. Before you got here, me and Jesus were having a conversation and we just picked up where we left off at. And that just 
oh man, this man just, that, that stuck out to me so much because this man was so in tuned with the voice of God that he could literally stop having a conversation and just have another conversation with God. You know, I think that was so awesome. So this command right here is a daily command. Come to me, all you that are heavy laden and labor, and I will give you rest. Jesus is saying here that if you are heavy laden, if you got all these cares and these worries on you, that I'm going to be your source of rest. And I think that is something that we kind of miss. Because even with doing the work of God and even with knowing what you need to do and, and all of these things, we never truly come to Jesus for rest. Rest is a part of the fellowship with God. I just lean on him. I cast my cares on him, and he gives me rest for my body. Amen. And it's also countercultural, too, when you think about it, because we, we got to go. We got to do. We got to be. But Jesus is saying, no, in the midst of all of that, I want to be your rest. And then he goes on to say, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of me. So preaching is good, right? It's good for me, it's good for your pastor, it's good for the bishop to come up here and declare who God is to you through the scripture. But I believe, just like Abraham, that God wants to impart his knowledge to you personally of who he is. God wants to give you a personal revelation. In the book of John, when Lazarus died, right? Mary's all upset, and she's like, Lord, I know that he's going to rise on the day of resurrection. And Jesus comes forward, and he said, the resurrection is not a day. I am the resurrection. That is so awesome. So, Mary, you don't have to wait for a day when Lazarus is going to rise from the dead, but you just need to come to me, and I can command life back into his body. Whew. That just speaks, that speaks to your situation, right? You're supposed to get revelation from God in your situation. That's why when you're going through something, the best thing you can do is just go back to Jesus. Go back to fellowship with him. All of this craziness is going on, all this anxiety in my brain. Okay, Lord, let me sit at your feet. What's going on? And then he can speak to you and give you understanding of your situation. The scripture says we walk by faith and not by sight, right? So you can look at a situation and you can see all of this bad stuff going on, but the Lord can say, hey, listen, this is the spirit behind it. And this is how you need to handle it. And this is how you need to deal with it. And God is looking to give that wisdom to his people. But it all comes when we just fellowship with the Lord. When we just humble ourselves and just go to him and everything that we need, everything that we don't understand, he becomes the main source. And then once we walk out of that prayer meeting, once we walk out of that communion and that fellowship with God, the ultimate goal was achieved for my life. I got to connect with the almighty God. I got to hear from him. I got to be in fellowship with him. <sighs> he said, learn of me. Learn of me. I was thinking about, like, just discipleship, right? Could you imagine, well, could you imagine being a 12 disciple? And could you imagine, because what I, I believe is the will of God is for us to be discipled by God, 
right? So as so when you're young in the Lord, you need another human being to kind of lead you and guide you. But Paul said this, and I think it's the book of Corinth, yeah, book of Corinthians. Paul says, I have espoused you as a wife, as a chaste version. Like I've given you to Christ. And I believe that's the will of God is for us to kind of help you grow to the point where you can just be discipled by God and you can hear from God. The church at Thessalonica, right, they were only three weeks old and Paul wrote them a letter probably a year later and he's saying, he said, I don't need to teach you how to love for you yourselves are taught of God. Imagine being taught of God how to love people. That's awesome. That's awesome. That also lets me know that what God wants to do is God wants to teach me. So I need to stop going to other sources. I need to just go to the feet of Christ and say, who are you? What do you want to do? Where are you going? How are you navigating my life? Instead of saying, okay, Lord, I need this. I need that. I got bills. Because you know what's funny is that, like, so... Say you need a, say you want to, I'm sorry, let me stop, let me stop. <laughs> I'm trying not to say anything ignorant. Where's my wife at? Oh, there she go. All right, that's my, that's, okay. All right, so let's just say, like, the thing that I realize with the financial blessings and stuff is that you always need it, right? I could use a $1,000 check right now. Anybody? I didn't think so. <laughs> but after I get that $1,000 check, that my bills aren't going to suddenly stop. Ooh, no. Yeah, right? So you're always going to be in need, and you're always going to want, and there's always going to be people who need to be ministered to, and there's always going to be that need. And But my greatest need is him. It's to hear from him. It's to be close to him, and then everything else flows from that. Amen. Amen. So I just... I just, I'm just one of those people, man. I just, I, I have to, I gotta, I gotta see God, you know? When I was, um, when we had our last apartment, our, um, our, and, and I've forgiven this lady, let me put this out there. But what the landlord did is the landlord, she, uh, we left the house, we left the apartment nice. And the landlord, she uh, she kept our deposit. She actually sent us a bill saying that we owe her $2,000. So I was frustrated. I was angry. And, you know, there was a certain way I would handle my problems back in the day. So I prayed, and I'm like, God, what do you want me to do? And he said, nothing. I'm like, what do you mean nothing? This woman stole from me and blah, blah, blah. So me and my wife, we were upset. So the Lord told me to do nothing. So I took the kids and I left my wife alone and I left her to pray. And um, I was like, so what do you want to do? She was like, God told me to do nothing. And we were just like, because <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. It hurts us to be wrong, to be robbed. But if we would have reacted in our flesh, imagine how bad that would have been. So we need to seek God. We need to seek God for wisdom, for understanding, for direction. We need to learn of God. Because in this scripture in verse 29, if your view of Jesus isn't lowly and meek, you got a bad perspective of Christ. 
So if he's humble, that means I can come to him. If he's lowly in heart, and if he's going to be my source of rest, that means I need to come, come to him. Amen. And he's that, and he's so many, so many other things. I was listening to this teacher one time, and they were saying that the reason why God said don't make, and I'm finished, I'm finished. The reason why God said don't make a graven image of him is because if you, if, you, if you make an image of him in one way, you take away the rest of him, right? So if we say God is love and we, and we engrave a giant heart and we put it in this pulpit and we say God is love, well, we've taken away the judgment of God. We've taken the reverence that the Lord, and there's so many things that we've taken away from that idol, right? So that's why we don't worship idols. But I want you guys to declare it. Declare in your house. Declare in here today that I am going to be in fellowship with God. I am going to spend the rest of my life in fellowship with God. You know, me and Pastor were talking today, too, and we were just saying, I don't, not that we're lazy, but we don't, like, we don't have these great achievements. We don't, you know, like, I, I love to preach, and I love to teach the Word of God, but I don't, I don't feel the need, or I don't feel like it's of God for me to go preach in a stadium or have a mega church. but for us, the ultimate goal is just to be with Him. It's to connect with him. Amen. So I've drilled my point. <laughs> Let's stand. Hallelujah. And I want you to make some commitments to the Lord and declare that, Lord, every day, and, and, our, and our praise singers can come, but just declare, Lord, I'm going to be in fellowship with you. I am going to achieve the ultimate goal every single day, and that is to be with you. Hallelujah. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus.